Yes, sir. Blue Wire Hustle proudly presents All Eyes on Cleveland on a Brown Schedule Release React show tonight. Uh, the Brown Schedule is out in all its glory. We're going to give you some quick react and analysis here late night on All Eyes on Cleveland. Uh, and we have some very special guests with us tonight. First and foremost, we have, well, let me, Mikey, get rid of that for me. There we go. Jeff Risden, uh, managing editor of the uh, Lions Wire. He's with the Browns Wire and Real GM as well. And proud to uh, bring on the show as well the brand new managing editor of the Browns Wire at USA Today Sports Media Group, Jared Mueller. How are we doing, Jared? Oh, I'm doing good. It's good to good to be a part of the team. Good to be on tonight and and getting rolling with with this new role and getting uh, together with this team. That's going to be awesome. I'll be with Josh later this week, so we're just going to get rolling into this. <laughs> we're throwing you right into the wolves, baby. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm a counselor by trade, so coming on and talking, it's kind of yeah. what I do. Yeah, there we go. Congratulations to you on the uh, job, the position. We're all yes. excited for you. Jeff, congratulations to you for some much-needed time off, my man. Yes, uh, uh, it, bit, was, right? uh, it, it was uh, – I'm very grateful to cede the managing editor role to, to Jared. Um, Jared and I have been friends for a long time. We are from the exact same place. We're both natives of Sandusky, Ohio, Erie County forever, for life, baby. And uh, right. uh, it's something that uh, I'm very happy – um, to cover the Lions still, I am still covering the Browns. Um, as, as you can see, if you go to Browns Wire tonight, I've put up six things since 8 o'clock. And uh, uh, that's that's not going away, but I will have a lot more help and a lot more uh, a lot more freedom to, to do more things with my kids, which is very important to me now. Uh, in fact, I, we're, we're running late tonight because I had to take my son to basketball practice, and it was a different gym than I'm used to, uh, and it took longer to get home than I did. So that's, that's my bad. Sorry, folks, uh, but we're all good now. Let's Not talk about schedule. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's get to it. The, the schedule is out. Let's bring uh, up some graphics here. Uh, here we are. I'm sorry. That's the show graphic. Uh, the schedule in all its glory here as we take a look. And uh, first, I like the yeah. I like the graphic. First off, I like that. That's sweet. I like. Well, that. thank you. We we do what we can here at All Eyes on Cleveland. Mikey does what he can. Uh, <laughs> So we've got uh, the uh, schedule here with us. Uh, let's take a look, gentlemen. I think it's very important for the Cleveland Browns 2021 to get off to a fast start. And, and even more importantly than just a fast start, a fast start at home. Uh, we're talking about full stadiums for the first time. We're talking about fans that are starving for this winning. We saw it all on TV, but nobody could really be there or the, you know not in full effect uh, to the real way. People have invested so much money in this team, years and years of suffering. They're finally winning. We can finally pack the house and let everybody enjoy it here. I really want to see them get off to a fast start. I think that could really snowball momentum-wise for this team in this city. Uh, guys, talk about week one for me. Uh, Jared, your thoughts on, you know, they tee us up. Kansas City, 425 game. I'm sure that'll be Nance and Romo on CBS, right? Uh, the primary game that afternoon. Uh, 425. I mean, that's the game of the week for CBS right there. Absolutely. And, and you know, you're going to learn that I'm a pretty optimistic guy in general. And so in a lot of ways, I don't think that I think this is a no lose situation for the Browns, even if they get blown out. And I know that sounds extreme, but the reality is they win that game. Momentum is just on their side or they're rolling. They lose that game. And it's kind of a little kick in the teeth kind of brings them back down to earth, make sure they stay focused. In a lot of ways, I'm just excited to see what happens in that game, but I don't think the result really is going to matter because I think either way, they're going to be able to use that as kind of a, a, a either a start the role or to really make sure that they didn't buy into the hype if they get blown out or, or lose a close game, whatever it is. I just think there is a no-lose situation there because everyone expects the Chiefs to win. Andy Reid's record in uh, week one is like 14-8, and eight, I believe, or some kind of crazy number where he wins a lot of week ones. They'll be breaking in a new offensive line. The Browns will be breaking in a, an entire new defense. Um, so I think there's a lot of new that's going to be going on there. But I just think no matter what happens, the Browns can use that to their advantage. Either it's a statement game about where they are, that they beat the Chiefs, or – you know, it's real close, last-second field goal, 
or it's a game for them to remind them that they have a long way to go and they can't just assume they're going to win because they're so talented. So for me, it's a no-lose situation. Yeah, I mean, uh, I like it because I think it takes exactly what they left off, and I'm going to get your opinion here, Jeff. I actually like the game because, you know, it felt like a rivalry versus Kansas City in that playoff game. I mean, that was like as intense as it gets for the Browns, right? And it's like they take that and it's – we go right back to it this year, and the Browns are more equipped to face the, the Chiefs than they ever have been with the defense and the secondary additions. So I think that that, uh, you know, we take the Browns and what they've done to their team is improve it. Uh, you know, Kansas City is Kansas City. They really are the same team, right? Uh, so I think it gives the Browns a chance to get right back and show who they are right away early in the season. Uh, I think that with Stefanski, uh, you know, talking about the, uh, the the changes that he needs to make in the offseason and the pivots and the evolution of, of what they are going to be as far as an offense. I think he'll be have this team ready to go and uh, compete at a high level early. Jeff, what do you think about this first game? 425, uh, big-time uh, big window against uh, the Chiefs, man. AFC heavyweights right away. Yeah, I, I like the fact that the Browns are considered a marquee opponent and, and draw a national game like that. Uh, it, it will be the, the national marquee game for the, the late afternoon window. Um, the, the 25 start gives that away. Um, the other games that are 405 stars, not so much. So yeah, this, this is, this is a chance. I'm kind of with Jared in that I, I, I wouldn't mind. Well, I want them to win, obviously, but I don't think that a loss is the worst thing for them there. Because I do yeah. think that it, it would present the opportunity, like okay, let, let's let's chill a little bit. Because I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm fired up about this team. I know y'all are fired up. I know the fans are fired up about this team and and how much potential they have. I, I think a dose of reality early is better than a, a cold dose of reality late. And if the Chiefs come out and they play, look, they're the Chiefs. They're the defending AFC champs two times in a row. They're a dang good football team. Patrick Mahomes is an MVP candidate every time he's on the field. There is no shame in losing to them, but, God, it would be great if they won that game. The only thing I would worry about is if the Browns go into Kansas City and win that game, all of a sudden they're they're one or two in every NFL power poll. Uh, doesn't matter who it is, um, and you know, we we do them with the wires every week. We will be we will be talking about the Browns as the team to beat potentially in the AFC at that point. And I'm That's not. A... I don't know if they're. I don't know if they're ready for that yet. I hope they are, and I, I, it would be a nice problem to see them resolve. But uh, I, again, it it. it re- I'm kind of with Jared on this. I I, I don't see a way. Um, unless they like completely blow it, and and like when they played the Ravens a couple of years ago, and, and absolutely wet the bed when they were super excited, that that was that was a humiliating blow, and I don't think they handled it that well. Um, the the only way I could the Titans is another yeah, example of that. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Um, you, you don't want to see that happen. Uh, yeah, yeah. Where where AJ Brown went crazy, gone wild. Yeah. You know, you, you don't want to see that happen. But even if that happens, I think they have a chance to rate the ship after it. And I think that's where the schedule goes from there, where even if they're 0-1, they got a chance to get healthy real fast. So uh, I, I know there's going to be a lot of national narrative like, oh, can the Browns do this? Are they, are they legit? I can, I, can hear, I can hear Coward salivating at the teat already with, <laughs> if, if the Browns lose this game. And I, I, I would encourage Browns fans to just not – it's one game – of 17 yeah. um and, and last year week one jacksonville jaguars beat the indianapolis colts and, and beat them fairly convincingly the score was close but jacksonville was the better team in that game they didn't win again weird things happen in week one more than any other week so you have to factor that in too so don't put all your eggs in oh man if we beat kansas city we're the best team in the league well maybe maybe but maybe not and also, if, if you get blown out that week, is everything gone to hell? No. Well, maybe, but probably not. I, I think that's the only way to really look at it. Nothing is a sure thing on the schedule as far as wins and losses. But one thing it is a sure thing is that people will overreact to the outcome of that game no matter what. Uh, so that's important to remember, I think, as we look at week one. 
guys, as far as Jared, as far as a fast start goes, let's look at after that. They get two home games back to back. Houston, we don't know what they're going to be. Deshaun Watson question mark. I doubt he'll be there. At least it looks that way. Um, Chicago Bears, uh, Justin Fields maybe uh, week three at Minnesota, and and then kind of they go at the Chargers four o'clock back home for two more, including a Thursday night against the Broncos. Can they get off to the fast start that they want? Can they get off to a three and one start? Five and one start. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, I think I think a, a fast start is is reasonable. I think there's when you look at a schedule, often it's quarterbacks and it's trips. Like those are the two yeah. things that you look at. And so early on, obviously Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, but you don't think it's going to be Deshaun Watson in week two, no matter what really happens. You think the whether it's a commissioner exemplist, whatever, uh, a suspension, whatever it is, you don't think you're going to have Deshaun Watson. Uh, you don't know what that team is going to look like without him. The Chicago Bears, I think Justin Fields was the number two quarterback in this draft, but early in the year, they have a really good defense. They have offensive weapons. I'm really excited for Allen Robinson to finally have a quarterback literally for the first time since maybe high school, and I don't even know who his quarterback was in high school. So I'm excited for that, but I just don't know in week three, is that Andy Dalton? Is it Nick Foles? And is Fields ready for the versatility that the Browns' defense should be able to show them at home. And then Minnesota, listen, Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins. Um, but I, So I think there is a, is a reasonable opportunity to go 3-1 and one there. I think the, the difficult game based on schedule is going to be that uh, L.A. game. I'm really intrigued to see if the Browns maybe decide to go from Minnesota out to L.A. so that they kind of are already out there for that week. Uh, for their lone kind of cross-country trip. Some teams yeah. do that. Not a lot of teams do, uh, but that will be really interesting. And then they have to come home for Arizona, which I think is just going to be difficult to be on the road two straight weeks, including your cross-country trip, and then to play a, a young, exciting Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury. I don't think that team is that good, but they are good enough to upset the Browns after they come back from L.A. So, um, when I look at that schedule, I think you're looking at four and two. I just think that's realistic, whether it's the LA game or the Cardinals game as that second loss to go along with the Chiefs. But I think they're going to probably pull out four of those games and start off four and two. Jeff, thoughts on the start? Fat, can the Browns get off to a fast start? Can they go four and two? They they can go six and zero. Oh, honestly, they could. Yeah. I I wouldn't expect that, but it wouldn't surprise me either if they went six and zero. Oh. Uh, I I don't see them losing to to Houston or Chicago. I I think I think yeah. that the way Stefanski prepares this team, it, it they're not going to have an issue with that. So uh, you know we're looking at, at two and zero oh or three and one there, uh, or three and one. Um, so the Chargers game is tough. They're a tough team to read. I'm not sure that Justin Herbert um, is – he was phenomenal last year. I, I want to see him do it again. Uh, they have a new coaching staff. That they're, they're one of those mystery teams. Actually, they get two mystery teams in a row for me there. I don't have a great feel for how good Arizona is yet either. They've got a lot of moving parts. They've got a lot of very high-end people on their roster, uh, DeAndre Hopkins specifically. They also have – really, really bad depth at a lot of spots. And, you know, you're looking at that point in the season, has somebody gotten hurt? You know, what, how does J.J. Watt fit in? That, that type of thing. So uh, they're, they're, it's an interesting late afternoon start in Cleveland. Uh, that's that's going to – It is. That, that that changes the dynamic a little bit, you know. Um, at that point in the year, that that's, that's getting to mid-October. Uh, the sun's going to be setting in the west. The, the stadium that that one end zone, you're going to have sun in your face from some of that time too. That that's that's something that neither team, quite honestly, has to deal with that often. So there's there's a lot of weird things going on with that game. Uh, but yeah, I, I think honestly, if they're not five and two uh, or, or four four and two for sure, but five and two, I, I think is where they need to be. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I'm I'm not that worried about Denver. Uh, I don't think they're. I just shouldn't poo-poo them because I do like their defense, and I, I do think they have – they actually match up well with what Cleveland does, so they, they could be an interesting matchup. But I, I think Thursday night at home, I think the, I think that's one where the fans are going to help the Browns carry a victory there. Yeah, as far as the end of the first half of the schedule, that, that Denver game for me is a huge question mark. Jared, you made a great point about the quarterbacks earlier. If you want to kind of go on to the Aaron Rodgers thing for just a minute here. 
Yeah, I think what's really interesting is the Browns might be the only team in the NFL, and I don't know schedules well enough right now, they might be the only team in the NFL that is pretty much guaranteed to play Aaron Rodgers this year uh, because I think the three <laughs> teams that – I mean, listen, he's either playing for the Packers, the Broncos, or possibly the Raiders. Like, those are the three teams. If he plays in the NFL, the Browns might be the only team that is guaranteed to play him. Um, and so if that's Denver in week seven, if that's late in the season in week 15 or 16 <laughs> – I think the Browns are playing Aaron Rodgers this year, and I just think that makes for a really interesting game. And I think that may be why Thursday Night Football, they decided to try to throw this really interesting game that could really bump the ratings if it is Aaron Rodgers. And if not, it's the Browns, it's Thursday Night Football. They'll get some ratings, and and it's going to be a Browns win. Or it's Aaron Rodgers and the Browns, and all of a sudden they have this really awesome, weird Thursday Night Football game. Yeah, agreed. It, it's a uh, it could be a huge spot in prime time, and either way, it's very interesting because it's early enough that no, you know, the Broncos aren't going to be zero and six, right? So no, uh, you know, certainly it'll be interesting either way. The Broncos are just an interesting team because really, away from the quarterback position, they're kind of loaded, right? So if they can if they put Rodgers on that team, it's a very scary team, I think. Uh, all of a sudden, out there in the AFC West, so. Uh, it, the nice thing for me, I will point out, though, is that I'm glad that they end their first half of the schedule with the Steelers at home and at the Bengals. For me, that's a plus. Like, So if yeah. the, some bad things do happen along the way, say they get beat by the Chargers because we know the data is kind of bad going across country there. The Cardinals, we don't know what they could be. They could be better than we think. Same thing with the Broncos. There are some question marks. after. I, although I do think they'll handle the, the, the two home games after Kansas City. Uh there's some, and I think they'll win at Minnesota more than likely. But I just think those three games there, Chargers, Arizona, Denver, are kind of, kind of question marks. But ending with the Steelers at home at a 1 o'clock game, the Bengals on the road at a 1 o'clock game, is a nice little comfort zone at the end of the first half of the schedule to kind of boost them maybe to where that even if they kind of struggle a little bit there. Um, guys, uh, soft spots you see in the schedule, besides kind of what I pointed out there at the end of the first half, and maybe – the ones that we've kind of talked about right after Kansas City, I think Houston and Chicago could be at Minnesota yeah. could be a little bit of a soft spot there. What else do you see on the schedule that looks good to you, Jared? Well, for me, um, anytime they play the Steelers and Bengals is going to be good. So that's really nice to have them back to back and then have the Bengals at the end of the year. Uh, so I, I do that. like back to back again at the end of the year with the Steelers. Uh, I think what's really nice is I don't see a lot of kind of back-to-back games that scare me or that bother me, uh, whether it's, you know, going from – they're not going on the road before their Thursday night game, right? So they have a home game week six, then they have their Thursday night game. So a lot of the things that normally bother me or worry me about a schedule, I don't see a lot of back-to-back problems. I see a lot of areas that could be worrisome like the Chargers and Cardinals, but I don't see a lot of times where – they're going from Monday night football into a difficult game Sunday at one o'clock, right? They go from Monday night football with the Steelers to the Bengals. Like I'm not worried about that. So there's a lot of things about how the schedule is set up that could have been much more difficult uh, in order. The one area of concern is a physical team like new England, a physical team like Detroit is going to be heading into that random three Ravens week thing that we're going to talk about here in a second. Just those two pretty physical games in a row going into that Baltimore stretch will be really interesting as well. Uh, uh, You mentioned that is a difficult spot, Jared. Any other difficult spots you see that really jump out to you on the schedule? Wherever Aaron Rodgers is playing and whatever Patrick Mahomes (laughs) is playing. Uh, I'm not overly complicated anymore in the NFL. Give me a quarterback and give me a coach. Uh, The Browns have those. And I think that, I think the rest of the schedule just, um, you know, it's about playing their game. It's about, developing their talent. It's about seeing where the young guys are. And it's, I just think the Browns should have a lot of confidence going into most of these games or all of these games. They're going to lose some, but a lot of it is now the Browns are good. They have a quarterback, they have a head coach, they have playmakers on both sides of the ball. I think then I don't look at the schedule the same way anymore. Whereas before it used to be oh my goodness, where can they steal a win and where can they not get blown out and, (laughs) you know, all of those kind of things. So I just think it's a a little bit different than, you know, the last 12 years that I've been doing this and my entire life being a fan of the team. 
<laughs> Jeff Risden, uh, soft spots and difficult spots in the schedule that jump out to you, sir. All right, so there is a stretch, and and we'll we'll talk about the Ravens being sandwiched uh, there. But uh, I I also worry um, the Raiders are always a tough game. Uh, Last year was was the the weird weather um, where where the kicking was just insane. Uh, You couldn't throw the ball more than 10 yards down the field. Weird things always happen when the, the Browns and the Raiders get together. That's where the, the NFL decided that the Raiders um, would, would win a couple of years ago with the, the changed call, um, That which to me is the most egregious example of the officials ever deciding football game that I've ever seen uh, because the Browns what, what did about what the they Duke, did. What about the Duke Johnson fumble where he literally had the ball, but they gave, they gave the possession to somebody else? That, that was that was Washington, wasn't it? Yeah, I think, I think it was. Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't know. Sir. All, all the things blur together between that and me covering the Lions and, and them getting screwed by the Packers every flipping year. Uh, that's uh, yeah, that, that that that's another story. Um, I I worry, uh, and maybe this is me being irrational, but I worry a little bit about New England. A trip to New England, uh, like Arizona, I don't have a great feel for how good the Patriots are going to be, but I know that they have a very good coach. I know that they're going to be better than they were last year uh, with, with all the guys that they had opt out. They can't be worse. Uh, yeah. And that, 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 that to me is a statement. That's honestly a statement game for me because you're coming out of a, an AFC North where you play the, the Steelers at home and then you play the Bengals. I think they'll split those games. Um, realistically, this team is not going 17. No, they're not going 15 and two. They're going to lose some games. As Jared said, I think they're going to lose one of those games. If they can go two and one in that stretch, though, with New England, I, I, I'm going to feel really good about that. So then you've got Detroit, which is the worst team on paper on this. Well, Houston's worse than Detroit. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give the Lions that credit, uh, but I, I think the Lions are a, the Lions are going to be a lot better, and they are not going to be a fun team to play. But they do not have the talent to beat the Browns unless the Browns allow it. So for me. You got a game there at home between going to New England and to Baltimore. You've got to handle that one. That's a game that a bad that, that a team that isn't ready to compete for for playoff glory um, loses. And I want to say I, that's a proving game for me. Um, they they should blow out the Lions. They should be favored by double digits in that game. And I say that I'm a Lions fan. I cover the Lions. That's yeah. not that that's a game that the Browns should should not. As long as they don't look past it, I'm going to feel really good about that. And honestly, uh, th- then you get Baltimore, and, and let's talk about Baltimore now because uh, that that's that's the definite rough rough patch there. <laughs> yeah, real quickly uh, before we dive into that portion of the schedule, soft spot. I, I feel like the the schedule flows really well. They don't get <laughs> they don't get pinned in anywhere with two difficult games in a row, as you said. They kind of. You know, the Patriots are an enigma to me. This is the most they've ever spent on free agency ever before. Uh, You also get those opt-outs on defense back. So they could be really good. Cam Newton could be the quarterback, and they could be rolling. Or Mac Jones could be the quarterback if they struggle early. So we don't really know what's going to happen there, right? I mean, uh, I I don't foresee that as being a non-possibility if Cam doesn't get the job done early. Um, You know, I I, I don't think he'll have a particularly long leash necessarily this year. Uh, and it's not like they have them on a long-term deal or anything. And then, you know, the the Pittsburgh-Cincinnati back-to-back at 8, 9, 17, 18, as you said, Jared, that's very comforting to me. As I look at the schedule, I'm really glad that the NFC North is on our schedule. As this, as this uh, Rodgers thing shakes out, Green Bay, without him, and he goes someplace else, all of a sudden the NFC North is maybe one of the worst divisions in football. I, I personally, I look at it that way. Bears, Vikings, Lions, Packers, eh, we'll see. But it flows well. I don't see any spots except for what we're going to talk about that really <clears throat> jump out to me as difficult patches. And and I really like that they go Texans, Bears after the Chiefs. I'm really focused on the beginning because I just love the two home games back-to-back. I think they're very winnable. I think that that can really uh, be a positive note for the Browns. Let's talk about this Ravens thing, which is weird, right? So at Ravens, Sunday night football, primetime, be a massive game, a rematch of the back-and-forth game that, you know, the overtime game last year, right? Uh, by the crap week, game. 
Yes, and then <laughs> Ravens at home, 1 o'clock Sunday. So, Jared, thoughts on this? I, I feel like this is so unique, and, and obviously I'm sure there's a story on Browns Wire. Make sure you guys go to brownswire.com to check it out about how unique it is at some point in time. We'll get to it. But, I mean, I think it's just so unique. You know, division game, bye week in the middle. I just think it's weird. Uh, I need to look at the Ravens schedule to see if they have that bye at week 13 as well. Because I think they that'll have, be – they do as well. Okay. No, uh, they have they have a bye week and they have one other game – or or no, they don't have the bye week. I think they have one game in between. So they yeah, don't so, have – Yeah, so they don't have the bye the Browns do. I just think it's a really – interesting setup and I think you know and again I hate to beat on the Aaron Rodgers drum but obviously I think that they're gonna the Browns are gonna play him but if he moves to week seven and so the Browns have three tough games Chargers Cardinals Broncos I think the Browns look at that Ravens thing and go we got to get one of these and then with the belief that if Rodgers is off the Packers that they have four straight games that they should see as easily winnable or at least winnable uh, with the Raiders, Packers, Steelers, and Bengals. So I think they look at those those Ravens weeks like we got to get our one. I think the loss is going to be in week 12. I think with Patriots and Lions physically back-to-back, it leads to that, that difficult loss, the bye week to get right, and then some kind of creativity and explosiveness that just kind of leads them on a roll and I would not be shocked to see five straight wins for the Browns ending this season if Aaron Rodgers is not on the Packers for Week 16. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, and just so you guys know, before I go to you, Jeff, on this topic here, Week 13 for the Ravens is at Pittsburgh. At Pittsburgh between playing Cleveland twice. That sucks yeah. for them. It does. Because <laughs> um, I, I don't think Pittsburgh – I said it before. I think Cincinnati is better than Pittsburgh this year. I think Pittsburgh is a last place team, but Pittsburgh, Baltimore, you you can actually throw the schedules out and and the records out because that is going to be a war. And I sure. like the idea of the Browns getting the Ravens coming on the road at Pittsburgh. Then they go to Cleveland uh, for a Sunday early date. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. The Week 12 game. If they lose that one, I'm okay with that. It's a it's a prime time game. It's in Baltimore. Uh, if it comes down to kicking, I'm taking Justin Tucker over Cody Parkey or Chase McLaughlin or whoever the hell they claim between now and then that, that makes the, <laughs> another kicker. So I'm, I'm not I'm not concerned if they lose that game, but if they lose both games to Baltimore, so so it's funny today. Uh, a a a, uh, a source sent me a leaked schedule from the Browns at about two o'clock this afternoon, and I'm like. I know this isn't right because they're playing the Ravens back to back with a bye week in between. And he swore to me, he's like, that's dude, I'm looking right at it. That's what it is. I'm like, I'll believe it when I see it. And sure enough, exactly that's, 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 the same thing that's what happened to me. I was like, <laughs> this isn't right. Now mine came with, it was written in red pen and all that kind of stuff. But I was like, no, I don't believe you because exactly of this little stretch. Yeah. But uh, so uh, yeah, it, it is it. Uh, and, and so the Raiders do worry me because, again, because funky things happen with the Raiders. That's just the way it is. But I'm not all that concerned about the Packers. Even if they have Rodgers, I mean, obviously he's great. Um, he, he's going to the Hall of Fame. He's a legit MVP candidate. They have gone 13-3 and two years in a row, gone to the NFC Championship game two years in a row. I'm not crazy about their weaponry and how it matches up. I, this is a game where I think what the Browns do well counters what Green Bay figures to not do well. Yeah. Well, if that makes sense, let's say that right. Yeah, I think I said that right. Uh, and and then the, to end the season, uh, there's a there's part of me that thinks that Cincinnati is going to be actually pretty good this year, uh, and I don't know why. Um, maybe 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 I need to kill that with alcohol or something because it's probably just, not right. But I I I, that, I, I think I think week eighteen. The Bengals could be playing to get into the playoffs or at least make a statement where they're close to it. And I can see the Browns resting that week. Like they're they're 12 and 4 at that point, and they don't have to play their their regulars. So I can see them dropping that game in that manner, especially if it's important to Cincinnati. Um now if the Browns are playing to win those last two games, I don't think they're gonna have a problem winning those last two games. Yeah. 
that's a really good point, Jeff, honestly, the, about the rest. I didn't even think of it that way. I was actually thinking of it from a, a Bengals perspective. Like, to me, they're either good enough. Like, some teams can flash early in the season, but they're just too young and too whatever that by the end of the season, the war of attrition has beaten them down. We've seen this happen to the Browns year after year. Yeah. And a Week 18 game is just a disaster. They're not the same team they were Week 10 anymore, right? And for me, it's like I feel like that could be the Bengals this year. Like they could become unstrung at some point in the season but really fade towards the end, injuries, etc., pile up on teams like this when they're just not – they haven't done it yet, right? They haven't been through a full season yet and sustained success. And so I feel like that could be an issue for the Bengals. But you make a really good point about the Browns being in a position to rest there. Um, as far as this Ravens thing, real quickly on this, uh, is I was just going to say, I feel like you block this off. Like, okay, week 11, you just block it off. And it's nice because you can just go, as the Browns, you can get, oh, oh sweet, after week 11, Ravens, three straight weeks. We play them, we can prepare for them for a week, and we play them again. I don't think you could draw it up any better. If you sprinkle the Ravens into the first half of the schedule here or there, it creates maybe a couple tough two- or three-week spans. But by putting them together like this with a bye week in between, I think it's perfect. I agree just, with that. that. That's a good like, thought because you, you, the Ravens are a unique offense. Yes, They're a different yeah. team to prepare for. And really, honestly – Mahomes is his own animal, but then you get Kyler Murray. Um, Justin Herbert can run a little bit. They don't have a lot of other mobile quarterbacks on the on the schedule this year. So uh, that that's something uh, – well, who knows what Houston's going to have. It, it uh, almost assuredly will not be Deshaun Watson. But, you know, they're, they're coming out – you know, Cam doesn't really run anymore. Mac Jones absolutely can't run. He's, he's barely athletic enough to play. Uh, so they're, they're going to – you know, going from – one of the things that, to look at there – they're going from playing Jared Goff and the worst wide receiving core I've seen since the 2017 Browns in Detroit, and then they got to play Lamar Jackson. Now, the Lions have a d- dominant offensive line. It can be really, really good, and they're not going to be fun to play defensively. They're going to get after it, but uh, that that's a massive contrast there. But, Brad, I love your point that they get Baltimore to- – they don't have to – to monkey around with with a, another team in between there they get the, the same plan they get the same attack so you're prepared you're ready for Lamar you're ready for what they're going to do on defense um and who knows what they're going to do on defense because they're going to look a little different they, they've got a lot of changes there uh so I, I think that's a really good point Brad I, I like that a lot yeah and I think you know if you look as well the Raiders at home after that so I mean you get Detroit at home on a 1 o'clock game on a Sunday, which is very winnable. They should win the game. Should be double-digit favorites, as you said, Jeff. And then you get probably one of the biggest games of your season. Sunday night at Baltimore under the bright lights. But after that, you're coming home for three straight weeks. You get to prepare for Baltimore again, then play them again at home at a 1 o'clock. I don't think that you could draw it up any better for the Browns. I mean, Stefanski and those guys will just square that section of the schedule off and just say, this is Baltimore. Right here, all we're doing is preparing for Lamar Jackson and playing Baltimore from after week 11 till Monday or Tuesday of, what, week 15? I mean, that's yeah. perfect. I don't, I don't think you could do it any better than that. Any thoughts on that, Jared? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the reality is, is it is a different type of offense, and it allows the Browns all year to kind of – they have a lot of creative players, right? They have JOK now – uh, they, they're going to have Grant Delpit, yeah. hopefully, John Johnson. I think it does allow them to almost have a Ravens playbook even. Um, yeah. I will tell you, I know last year they kind of had a playoff playbook that they had been working on all year. Uh, so to have kind of that Ravens playbook, uh, both on defense and offense, I think that makes a lot of sense, and I like that kind of concept of kind of of kind of blocking it off. And then as you talked about the Raiders game that follows up, they're still at home. And then traveling to Green Bay and traveling to Pittsburgh – isn't that far. So you're not talking about these, you know, ending the year and you're all over the place and you're trying to get down to Texas and, you know, getting out to the West coast. I think it's really awesome how the travel also set up for the Browns that they're not really going out of the Midwest from week 11 on, right. They're not going up after they go to new England. They're pretty much kind of in that Midwest over to Baltimore there. Everything is pretty local, um, which I I think is going to be really helpful just for, 
exhaustion, tired, all of that, because they do have a late buy, right? Um, you know, week 13 yeah. buy is pretty late. I'm not used to even saying week 18, so that's going to be weird all year. So I just think it's a it's a really interesting schedule, and I think they're going to need to kind of rely on their youth, rely on their depth early in the season, and then really ride their horses, you know, throughout the end of the season going into the playoffs. Playoffs, baby. Primetime get- Primetime games, guys, right here. Thursday night football versus Denver, 8-20 at home, which we said was very interesting. Of course, probably their marquee game of the season, except for week one, Baltimore, Sunday night football, 8-20. Uh, that'll be huge. Week 17 at Pittsburgh, Monday night football. I don't know if Pittsburgh will still be in it at that point or not, as Jeff kind of mentioned, and, and Jared, I don't know if you feel the same way about them. I don't expect them to be great. Um, <laughs> no, I, or, I actually wonder – depending on how that game goes, if that's Ben Roethlisberger's retirement party. Like, right. do the yeah. Steelers hope, you know, maybe don't play him in Week 18, you know, whoever they have in Week 18. And I wonder if Week 17 is a, is a going away, if he even makes it that far, right, with the Browns defense and all of that. Like, that could be a good, a really nice capstone to, you know, beating him last year to make the playoffs, beating them in the playoffs, and then really ending Ben Roethlisberger's career uh, I have a little personal vendetta against him, knowing him from college a little bit. So that would be so sweet for me. Mm. Mm, interesting. Yeah. He's a, uh, I'm not a fan. Uh, I definitely am not a fan. <laughs> of, uh, no, it, it uh, wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me at all. If miles Garrett ended his career that night, yeah. that'd be fun. Yeah. It Put him through the like shredder. Total, total crud <laughs> to me, but that's just my opinion. And now, uh, I mean, he does. He seems like a sleazeball. Sleaze but um, the interesting thing here is mentally for the Browns, Ravens, Steelers, they got over that hurdle against the Steelers in the last game of the season and then in the playoff game. Does that carry over to this year? Like, mentally, they don't go back to Pittsburgh till Week 17, and they play them in whatever, whatever. Let's go back to the schedule here real quickly, and then we'll get our predictions and we'll get out of here. But, you know, they go back to Pittsburgh, or they play Pittsburgh at home Week 8. Mentally, are they over that hurdle now? Is that carry over to this year where they just have that mental edge on Pittsburgh? And they're yet to do that with Baltimore, except for the blowout win, really, with Freddie, which seems like 10 years ago now, right? Uh, So, you know, last year, (laughs) they played them so well in that in the primetime game, the second time they played them after getting beat off the bus week one, right? So. Here they get Baltimore in this strange little, or you know, orbit where they play them two times in three weeks, where all they can concentrate on is the Ravens, and really, it should stick out as ultra ultra important because I think it's very viable that they end up like playing the Ravens potentially in the first week of the playoffs. Like it's very, that seems very realistic to me that they could face each other in the in the playoffs this year. So. That little three-week span just seems so ultra-important for the Browns is what they're going to be as a threat going into the playoffs. I think you just got to win one of them. But, I mean, they didn't do that last year, right? They didn't They didn't get either of them. So I think you got to get one of them to at least get over that mental hurdle going into the playoffs. Any thoughts on that, guys? Yeah, I mean, I you know, as, as the mental health guy, you know, I think the, the mindset <laughs> of the Browns is going to be the most interesting thing this year. Like, Baker Mayfield has – live with a chip on his shoulder all his life, how is he as a front runner? How is he as the guy that is expected to do it? How is he on a team that is expected to do it? What does that do to Jarvis Landry, who literally has lived with a chip on his shoulder most of his career as well? Like those are things that are really interesting to me. You know, do, do they overlook the Steelers now? Do they think they're past the Steelers? Do they see themselves on the chiefs level? And what does that do when they play those other teams? Like all of that is stuff we won't know. And we can we can kind of armchair psychologist it when the games happen, but you'll be able to tell a little bit about what their mindset is. Are they attacking, or do they think they're going to cakewalk many of these teams and only maybe see the Ravens and Chiefs as real competition? I think that's really what's going to be interesting to me because yes, they put the Steelers to bed last year, uh, but they're still a, a football team. They still have players who have been on that roster forever right like one of the things the browns have never had is continuity so that fifth round pick in their fourth year can actually come in and start instead they've always relied on the new fifth round pick 
trying to start in their first year. So the Steelers have that. The Ravens are trying to figure out what they're going to do. I love Rashad Bateman. Now, is Lamar Jackson going to use him very well? We'll see. But I think their mindset is going to be one of the most important things that we're going to evaluate. I'm going to evaluate uh, watching on TV and anytime that I get up to cover the games because I want to see how does this team look as a as a favorite and as a front runner. Very interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I think that I feel confident as far as that goes just because of Kevin Stefanski. He makes me feel good. Like he yeah. will have them in the right mental place all the time like he did last year, uh, which I think he proved that he can do with uh, these guys, uh, young guys, and he has a, such an impression on them. All right, so very interesting here. I'm going to get your guys' predictions, but just as far as strength of schedule goes, and, and Jared brought this to my attention, and this is via, as you see at the bottom from, at Cleve TA. Uh, this is from Sharp Football's statistics. So this is based on the forecasted win totals. The Browns have, according to Sharp Football's, you know, analytics and statistics and their predictions for forecasted win totals, the third easiest schedule. Uh, however, based on last year's schedules, or, or you know, uh, pardon me, records, the Browns had the ninth hardest schedule. I yeah. kind of throw that one out the window because to me, each, nope. se- each season is kind of its own entity. So I, I kind of take this a little more seriously than I would last year's records. But uh, with that in mind and any comments on that, uh, let's get your record predictions as we go around here. And if you want to comment on strength of schedule, you can as well. Uh, Jeff, let's go to you here for your thoughts on this stuff. So um, I I agree with the strength of schedule and and the way that the schedule lays out. I think, you know, I I do think that they got a, a pretty favorable schedule. You really can't complain about this schedule. Um, and, and the, most people will look and like, Oh, you gotta play the Ravens twice in a row. Brad, I thought you made a great point on that. And I think that, I think that's going to ameliorate a lot of fears there about what what's going to happen with the Ravens, because it's better to play them twice in a row than to get them, you know, spread out throughout the season. Um, so I, I like that concept. So I, I, I like this team a lot that they, they should be favored. Um, so I went through and did the, will they be favored or not? That that's, that's my version of the schedule game. And I, I have them being favored in 13 of the 17 games, um, maybe 12, maybe 14. Uh, when you, when you go like that, you, you figure you, you'll drop one um, just because that, that happens. It's the, it's life in the NFL. I don't see any way this team doesn't win at least 10, uh, 10 and seven, 11 and six, 12 and five. And I, I would, I would tend to skew higher on that just because of the way that the schedule breaks out. And because I do think they have a lot of depth. I think they learned last year how to play with depth. I mean, you bring in Blake Hansen. He's never even met the, the quarterback. I mean, when I'm played okay. And they figured out that it was okay. You know, God bless Terrence Mitchell for all he did last year. Uh, and, and, you know, money made a fan for life for, for me there for what he did. And they, they have learned to adapt in the past. And I think that's going to serve them very well this year. Uh, and I, I, again, you know, floor is 10 and seven. They could possibly win 13. Uh, if they stay healthy, and I think if it, if everything breaks right, um, I, I know there are going to be fans who are going to be like, oh, 15 and two. That's just, it, yeah, it, it's feasible. It could happen, but you, you can't expect to win that many. Uh, I just don't think. But I'm. this is a team that should at least be, they should have at least one playoff home game. Uh, I, I think they're better than Baltimore over the course of the season. Uh, and if you look at where Baltimore's strength of schedule is on there, they're, they're a little bit lower than that. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I, I, I like it. I, I'll settle at eleven and six, um, and that technically makes them worse than the last year. I don't like, the, I don't like the Sunday, So make it twelve and five. <laughs> yeah, because they're better than they are last year. <laughs> yeah, it's like we're we don't really know uh, how seventeen game schedule how to really evaluate that yet with the number yet. You know, yeah, it's, it's weird. It sounds weird, wins. man. Yeah, yeah, it does sound weird. Uh, I think you make a great point that I think the ultimate reward here or goal going into the season would be home playoff game in, in the beginning of the playoffs would be huge, huge reward for the fan base. Jared, thoughts on uh, strength of schedule and your prediction? Yeah, I mean, I think strength of schedule is so interesting. So we, we brought up uh, TAs and sharp analytics. You know, Mike Clay, who does some really interesting stuff, has the Browns with the 20, 20th 
most difficult schedule, I think is the way I'm going to say that, based on quality of roster. So there's lots of ways to look at that. I think in the end, how good your team is is what matters, right? Like, how good are you and how good is the other quarterback? And I'm worried about Mahomes. I'm worried about Rodgers. And I like Lamar Jackson because he's dynamic. Everything else is a crapshoot, like just literally a crapshoot. So I'm not stressed about the schedule itself. I think what Kevin Stefanski is going to do, he's going to remind the Browns of the Miami Dolphins and that the Browns only made the playoffs because of some random tiebreakers last year. But just winning 10 games is not enough anymore. The AFC is full of quality teams. So I think Stefanski is going to remind the team that every game is going to matter and it's going to matter significantly to that team. And that's why we could look at that, you know, 13 and four goodness. I'm going to have to figure that math out at some point in time. Uh, Cause yeah. it just doesn't roll off the tongue. I think we could yeah. see that 13 and four, 14 and three. I, I unfortunately Jeff stole my prediction. I believe it's going to be 12 and five. I think they lose to the chiefs. I think they lose to either the chargers or Cardinals. I think they lose to Aaron Rodgers. I think they lose to the Ravens and then they'll, they'll, they'll lose one other. Um, because again, I look at quarterback play and then obviously the rest of the roster. So I think 12 and five, I think it's going to be difficult uh, to get that home playoff game, even with that record, just the way things tend to break out, it becomes really, really difficult. But could y'all imagine January, whatever it would be, 15th or whatever it was, that the Browns had a home playoff game in the middle of January? Like the amount of ridiculousness that would be is is off the charts. And really, I'm hoping that the Browns, the biggest game that I'm looking forward to, as I always do, is uh, the one around my birthday. And the day after my birthday, the Cleveland Browns will be facing off with the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. And odds are pretty strong that I'll be there one way or another. Uh, and I need them to put that 40-burger right on Ben Roethlisberger's head as they Hell move yes. on their way towards 12, 13, and 14 wins. Hell yes. I love that. All right. <laughs> Uh, my real quick thoughts here, and we'll get out of here. Uh, but uh, on as far as strength of schedule, I find it very interesting. If you look down here, uh, Steelers, Bengals, also on this side of the strength of schedule uh, as more difficult. Baltimore. So obviously, sharp football has the Browns uh, predicted to win a lot of games uh, for me because you also see uh, every team in the NFC North down here as well. So uh, that makes me think that sharp football has the Browns being very good this year. Just a thought on that. Um, nope. you know, common sense would tell you that. Uh, so as far as the record goes, I'm going to go 13-4. and four. I actually think that they need 13-4. and four. Uh, The AFC is loaded with really good teams, in my opinion, uh, teams that could win 11, 12 games. Uh, I don't think 11 games necessarily does it this year. I mean, we've got the Dolphins to worry about. Buffalo, there's, you know, Denver, who knows what they could be if they get Rodgers. There's just a lot of good teams out there that I think could win double-digit games, and 11 is scary to me. 12, I think, gets you in. 13, I think, wins you the division. I got the Browns winning the division at 13. Uh, so that's where I'm at with this. Uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here, guys? We've gone over our, our thoughts here. Our, our uh, <laughs> estimated 30 minutes were uh, just yeah. under 50 minutes. That's okay, though. It's all wait, good. wait, wait! That's a, that's not okay for old people like Jeff and I. Like you gotta remember, <laughs> we we live in a different world of ages here. You know, for me, it's I'm really excited to be a part of this uh, Browns Wire team, and it's really exciting to to be a part of a quality team. You know, I, I covered the Cavs for for their championship and their quality runs. You know, it's going to be really fun to really focus on winning and how to win and how to win more and how to win better and how ready are you for the playoffs. Like, all of those things are exciting. The one thing that you will hear from me throughout the season is enjoy the freaking ride, y'all. Like, yeah, championship is what we all want, but enjoy these wins. Enjoy these conversations about the playoffs. Enjoy all of this because we have dealt with crap for so long that you need to enjoy week one, two, three, the hype, the buildup, all of that. Enjoy every single win. Hope it leads to playoffs and Super Bowl and Super Bowl championships. But enjoy all of this because it has been a long time coming. We all remember the Derek Anderson year because, you know, it was nice to win some games finally. Enjoy all of this <laughs> because it is fun and sports are supposed to be fun. And hopefully it ends with the Super Bowl championship. 
but enjoy the ride. Totally agree. Final thoughts, Jeff? We'll get out of here. Amen. You know, uh, I, I, I think back, this team reminds me some of the Cavs teams of my youth that I love to the Mark Price, Brad Doherty years, where they were a really, really good team, but they also ran into some really good teams and they never got over the, the, the hump. And I, I, I think in the NFL, you have a, a, because it's, it's a one game best of all, I think you have a better shot of getting over that hump that way. But Jared's right, man. Enjoy this. We've, look, I, I cover the Browns and the Lions. I covered the Texans for a while when they had Brock Osweiler there. I can't get away from that, that bastard. I'm ready to cover some wins. I'm ready to see fun football. This is a fun yeah. football team. Uh, they are they are not going to be perfect. There are going to be bumps in the road, but you're going to have to trust the process on it. Let's say for some freak of nature, they're one and two. It's not time to fire Kevin Stefanski. It's not time to throw the baby out with the bathwater. They'll get better. Uh, this is a 17-game schedule. Um, don't live and die week by week, but definitely enjoy the process because this is a fun football team. This is a, this is a team that a lot of bandwagon fans are going to jump on. And you know what? Welcome them in. There's there's room. There's plenty of room for people. Um, I know I know I know covering Detroit. There's a lot of Lions fans that are rooting for the Browns because they see similar paths there. There's a lot of people that are you know like like Washington fans, Philadelphia fans, like hey, you know what? We might not be that good. Actually, I think Washington's going to be really good. But Philadelphia, you know, teams like that are like, okay, you know what? We're going to have an AFC team this year. Let's 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 do the Browns, man. And that that we're going to get those fans. Be good to them. Welcome them in. Let them let them know that yeah, okay, you didn't go through the struggle, but we'll 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 take you, we'll take the bandwagon because uh, it, it's a fun place to be. No question. Uh, it should be an awesome year. Like I have so much faith in this coaching staff. I love what they did in the off season. You know, as far as what they did to this defense, I just I just have so much confidence that, you know, the offense is going to be so much fun to watch. And I just think this defense can really turn into something special with the pieces they've added, including this guy right here as we'll hit him as we're on our way out. A little shout out from Troy Hill. They're all eyes on Cleveland. We here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, from troy on the show all eyes on cleveland we hear yes uh thank you to mikey on the ones and twos jared mueller welcome aboard sir good to have you and looking forward to many more of these jeff risden you're the best as always uh for mikey on the ones and twos my name is brad ward this has been another episode of all eyes on cleveland we are out (laughs) 